This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Welcome to NASCAR America, Jeff Burton, Dale Jarrett, Steve Letart. Guys, that's what I remember, a chaotic day at the <laughs> Roval. In the end, though, Chase Elliott put on, and perhaps was lost a little bit, the performance he put on with all the other battles for the points, but put on one of the most impressive recovery drives I have seen in recent years after making what I don't think is an embarrassing mistake, but for a race car driver, it was an embarrassing <laughs> mistake. How was it from your seat? Uh, incredible to watch, just everything. We, we knew going in that there were going to be things that were going to affect the race. We had no idea that the leader, well, was once again going to miss <laughs> yeah. turn one completely. Uh, but he did. But then to come back and, and, you know, have it with him. To be so young and have that because so many times as a driver, you really let that upset you more than what you can actually focus on and, and go back and try to, to do your job uh, as much as he had to do. And all we heard about was how hard it was to pass. Well, if you got a good car and you're Chase Elliott, it didn't seem all that, that difficult. But all the other stories, just incredible how the afternoon uh, turned out and the way that y'all put things in perspective and, and kept calling it and, and uh, was fun to watch and to listen to. Well, my head still hurts, so hopefully we got most of it right. But. <laughs> yeah, I went home and I was exhausted. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I listen, I want to give the, the drivers just a ton of credit because that racetrack, it, it, there's no question, that's the hardest racetrack on the circuit right now. Uh, you drive around there in a street car and you realize how difficult it is. And, and on an exceptionally hot day, uh, those guys going out and giving it. We, we, we have been, it's been, the quality of racing has been incredible. You know, since we took over, uh, I, I haven't watched a race that wasn't fun. I haven't watched a race that wasn't exciting, energetic. And then to do that with that much on the line, on, on Sunday afternoon with that much heat. I just think the drivers and the teams deserve a tremendous amount of credit yeah. for putting on a great race. And every time we don't think they can step up in the playoffs, someone does. You and I debated early, was the nine that good? Or were they just on fresher tires than everyone else? I think it became clear that the nine was just that good. But DJ, you got to hear from the guy who won the race, Chess Elliott, joined us in victory lane after. 
I'm not sure you could do something more stupid than, than what I did uh, right there leading that race. I mean, that was just dumb. Uh, you know, got, got so lucky that it wasn't tore up bad. I mean, I had no idea. Yeah, walk us through it right here. Well, I drove in too far, and then I hit the barrier. <laughs> about like you see. <laughs> That's what we said. It's about as simple as that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how it didn't kill it. You know, to, to get a home track win for so many guys yeah. um, means a lot. I've never done that. Yeah. Um, and I, I can tell it's special for everyone. And, you know, when you can do that here, it, it means a lot. And, and to overcome the day, overcome the adversity we did today, uh, if there's ever a, a don't quit story, I feel like today is is should be at the top of the list for us at least because it was, uh, you know, just to, to fight back from that was, I, I, I'm as wild as anybody. Well, he was wild and I was entertained. This, this tweet, I think, sends it up. Were you not entertained? Because everybody should have been. Um, you know, crazy, second year in a row we have seen this, the defend chat. We saw Brad Keselowski do it and, and many other competitors followed him in a year ago. The Roval has so many twists and turns and so many kind of unique things for the Roval. The way the chicanes are enforced, the way the infield is slower than the high speed, but the restart zone not being part of the track, I can't think of another track that runs that way, and it has affected two races now. Yeah, it sure has, and, and the drivers were well aware of what happened last year, and in talking to Chase, even before we got on camera, he was talking about that. He said, I'd already thought that I had adjusted where I needed to. He said, I knew it was faster, uh, but he said, I thought that the time before, maybe he said, I didn't get as good a start as I needed to. He said, so I thought that I could advance that just a little bit. He said, and just that little bit was too much. But everything that they had to encounter, just amazing. You know, we were talking about, you were talking about giving the drivers credit. Let's give Marcus Smith and his people some credit too for going to the, the on the back stretch and making that chicane more of a part of the track and the story because it certainly made it a, a difficult place even more difficult. Yeah, and, and, a guy and, that loves the numbers. I was going to say, I'm going to give credit for you. You went and dug out the numbers that affect that restart. Yeah. And, and break it down for the people at home, the difference between a regular lap and a restart. Yeah, so, so at every other racetrack we go to, you launch in a restart zone, right? And it's, it's at a slower pace than you're leaving turn four. So when you enter turn one at Dover this weekend, they're going to enter turn one and run wide open yeah. through one and two because they're going that much slower when they get to the corner. At this racetrack, it's the exact opposite. So here... You can see they're in the restart zone because they don't go through the chicane. Well, the, the one on the left is at a normal speed. He's actually going slower at a restart. Here's a, you know, it's, what is that, 15 mile an hour difference, 17 mile an hour? My eyes don't work very well. Yeah, about but 17. 17, so he's going faster on a restart coming to turn one, and that's <laughs> just not what you do. And, and how are you supposed to prepare, prepare for that? That's yeah. the thing that's so difficult for it. You don't, restarts are hard anyway because you don't get practice. And, and then the only time you get to practice this is under the heat of fire. And you're trying to win the race and make it happen. And what you normally drive in the corner deeper. Here you got to drive in the corner not as deep. And that's not only why there's problems at the front of the field. That's why there's problems in the back of the field. Because yeah. everybody misjudges it. And that's why we see, and, it, and it's a left-hand corner. <laughs> but, you know, very tight at left-hand corner, 90 degrees. That's why we see it throughout the entire field. It's just so, so foreign to these drivers doing that. Yeah, 50 miles an hour for the leader. The guy starting to row 10, there's no telling how much faster yeah. he's going yeah. than he would be. He restarted back there. The other thing it, that made this drive so special is there was no details. There was no pitch strategy. There was no uh, creative this. It was, I have hit the fence. <laughs> I come to pit road. My team has taped it up. They did a remarkable job. And then he just drove. This was at lap 65 of a 109 lap race. 
And Chase Elliott, when they dropped the green, about halfway through, I, I looked at him under commercial one time, and I said, Chase Elliott's going to win this race. And I thought I was wrong after I said it, but <laughs> he was coming through traffic. <laughs> and it was because of traffic that made the difference. D DJ, he was passing in corners that we had yet to see were passing zones. Yeah. In, any corner through the infield, he was attacking position. This move to the outside of Harvick was oh. a power move. Oh, just, I mean, he could go through the chicanes, and this was all set up on the backstretch, that chicane, of getting it off of it better than what Kevin Harvick, Harvick was able to. But he just just killed him in both of those. And this was so cool then. I mean, go back to where that, I mean, Love it. the man has a sense of humor on top of that. And it, it was just, <laughs> it was just great. Fun to watch. And uh, yeah, he's highly critical of himself. I, as a driver, after hit, I don't care if it is tires that you hit, he hit those things a ton. I would have had to say, well, this thing's not going to drive very good. I don't care how much tape and stuff they put on the front. But he had full confidence and went back out there and passed everybody in the field. So, so Martin Truex Jr., right, he's the guy that we've said that's the best road racer. Huh. Chase Elliott is putting some pressure on him. Yes. Think about the wins he's had on road courses. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chase Elliott has become a very, very good road racer. And I'm going to give Hendrick some credit because we've been hard on Hendrick about not bringing the equipment to the racetrack. Yeah. Every one of the cars, every yeah. one of the Hendrick Motorsports cars were fast this weekend. Yeah. Every single one. Performed. They were all fast, and they got three of their cars into the playoffs, but not without <laughs> an eventful day for the driver of the 88, Alex Bowman. He had his issues on the racetrack with Bubba Wallace. into the newly designed chicane. The 88 Alex, Alex Bowman. Bowman gets turned around. It gets into the left rear quarter panel of the 43 car, Bubba Wallace. Oh, God, Doing good, we don't see any damage. Double down there on pit road fixing this up. Hopefully we won't see him for a while. That little in front of me doesn't put his finger away. We're going to get one. Just be smart here. Set him up just like you've been doing everybody else. It's only flipped me off so many times a lap for not doing anything. Battle of the 43 for a few wow. laps, and Bowman just cleaned him out. Wow. Fix this race car, won't handle this today. Yeah, that was a dumbass move on his part. Dustin, you need to go tell Freddie what that was about. The response I got was, don't worry about the effing playoff, and he was mad because we ran him over to the backstretch chicane on the start of the race. Freddie's got to realize Bubba has enough trouble getting around this place with both hands on the wheel. He doesn't need to be doing it one-handed, you know what I mean? Got to stand up for myself at some point, right? Um, probably wouldn't have got wrecked if he had his finger back in the car. Alex Bowman and Bubba had a conversation after the race. Oh, not, not, very not only communication, but Bubba throwing water. Bubba Wallace releasing this statement on the post-race confrontation with Alex Bowman. Smooth move of playing the sick card so I couldn't bust him in his mouth. I think Alex Bowman should get an Oscar, because if he's playing the sick card, <laughs> he really looks sick. I will be having a conversation with, with Bubba Wallace. I think that was uh, really not classy whatsoever. When a driver's on the ground being tended to by medical personnel, you need to be smarter than that. And, and we'll have that conversation with Bubba, and, you know, obviously prior to, uh, to Dover. Well, gentlemen, do you want to start at the start of the race or the end of the race? Because there was a lot to it. I feel let's start with the end. We heard Steve O'Donnell just address it. Um, you guys have both had altercations with other drivers. What's your opinion on the antics after the race by Bubba Wallace? Well, right, Bubba needed to collect himself right there. I mean, he, you know what I mean. You walk up to a car and you see somebody getting medical attention. It's time just to turn around and walk away. Um, and, and I'm sorry, I can't, I can't. It's, it's, it's one big package, right? But so Bubba Wallace needs a couple of things. He needs to learn something. And that's, you know, there's a time and a place. 
And I get it. You're mad. The guy spun out, put you in a bad position. You got penalized. I understand. He should be mad, right? But you can't go th- around the racetrack for three laps flipping somebody off because that guy's behind you. And there's only so much of that he's going to take no matter what happened, right? At some point, he didn't mean to do it. He didn't mean to wreck you. He wrecked himself too, right? So Bubba needs to collect himself a little bit and not think that the world's out to get him, understand that things happen sometimes, and not put himself in that situation. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to give Alex Bowman a pass. You know, I don't think you hook somebody in the right with a quarter panel. As a, as a payback, there's a there's a you want to spend somebody out. There's a better way to do that. You don't hook them in the right rear quarter panel and send them driver side to the wall. Like I'm, I, I he deserves some criticism for that as well. So both of these guys needed to collect themselves a little bit and do a better job here in, in managing their anger. Yeah, and if it takes somebody in Bubba's camp to help him in situations like this, there's no doubt that when he went over to Alex Bowman after this race was over. Uh, and you see him sitting there and he's getting medical attention, you know, you do say, hey, we'll talk. You know, you can be as stern and as firm as you want to be with that, uh, but you don't do what he did right there. Uh, and again, you don't, you know, as a general rule, you don't turn someone the wrong way. Uh, and I say the wrong way, that's going to send them towards the wall. Uh, short track racing, whatever it is, uh, you don't do that. So Alex Bowman, I, I'm still questioning. Alex Bowman's in a car that he hadn't been in all weekend. I would have been backing off way before the signs ever started, not knowing how this car's going to act and react as I get to the chicane for the first time to even put himself and Bubba and others in that situation. But that happens. Every driver's a little bit different than how they want to go about that. So, you know, there, there's faults for both of them. Uh, but I will say this, um, have to give Alex Bowman credit. He showed me something at the end of the race as a race driver and as a competitor that I wasn't sure he had in him uh, because for two-thirds of that race, he had done everything as wrong as he could possibly do it to keep himself from moving on in the playoffs. And then with the call to put tires on, he did everything right that he needed to do from that point forward. Well, for two-thirds of the weekend, forget the race. Uh, So so let's go back and talk. I'm going to let the driver dispute end with the driver uh, comments. As a crew chief, I look at the performance of the 88 and what they're trying to accomplish. They show up on Friday. They're good. They qualify in the front row. Everything on Saturday looks okay. I wish they probably had more speed. They wish it as well. But then they end up wrecking with 30 seconds to go in practice to get a backup car out. Then, insert your comments. After this accident in practice, you would think lap one of the Roval would be as mittens as you could get, not a tackle single corner. He spins out. He then has to serve a penalty. All day long, they continue to make mistakes. But then in the end, they throw the checkered flag for the end of stage two. They all line up in stage three. And I didn't see this drive out of Alex Bowman, and I was wrong. The, the drive of Alex Bowman matches the drive of Chase Elliott. Um, which yep. car was better, I don't know. He was under the weather. He had the pressure of the playoffs. He had guys behind him. Every time they found points, they moved ahead of him. And Greg Eyes was letting him know. And at one point, I questioned if he was going to win the race. Could he chase down his teammate? <laughs> it was a gutsy drive to a very messy weekend. They have to clean that mess up. That's not going to be that easy in this round. So, so... The moment looked too big for Alex Bowman. Yeah. It looked like there was too much pressure. It was too big of a moment, too much on the line, and he wasn't, he wasn't handling it well. Then he got it together. And when he got it together, he became a guy that I hope that Alex Bowman looks back on this and says, this was a defining race for me because I wasn't at my best. I did not do my job. 
and he didn't. But then he got it together and made it happen and went and put Ryan Newman in a position to have to be overdriving, have mm -hmm. to be pushing his car, yeah. right? And so, so on a day where he had his very, very worst, he also had his very, very yeah. best. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like, right, had he not gotten that best out of it, though, it could have been detrimental because emotionally you let your team down. You had a fast race car. You qualified second with it. Like, all oh, that was great, but then you wrecked it. Then you wrecked your backup car. Then you wrecked it again. And, and I had a mistake yeah. after mistake. It could have been detrimental. It could have driven him in the ground. But now he can say, man, I did it. Like, I made this happen. And I think that that could be extremely powerful for him and this team. Well, you talk about powerful moving forward. DJ, he yeah. finished second yeah. in all three of the tracks in, the, in Dover, Talladega, Kansas. Second, second, second. The yeah. first trip there in the spring. Eric Amarola a year ago tied and advanced deep into the playoffs after the adversity in the first round. How far can Alex Bowman take this springboard of the Roval? How far can he take it into the playoffs? Okay, so I hope they gave him the day off to rest up. But <laughs> I would have him in tomorrow if I were Greg Ives and I were Rick Hendrick, and I would say, look, you are tremendously talented, but when you overdrive our race cars, you're not so good. You make people mad. You make bad decisions. We have good enough race cars for you just to use your talent, which you did once we got you in a position and you calmed down and kind of realized that, hey, this might not happen, but I'll go past as many cars as I got. Overdriving the race car 90% of the time is just going to get you in trouble and make other people mad. And when he didn't do that, he just drove that race car to his potential and the car's potential. He passed a lot of race cars, passed all but one. And I would sit him down and have that conversation and say we can go a long way because these are three really good places you have coming up. I think they can do that if they calm him down. And I would add in call Bubba Wallace and call Austin Dillon. I don't yeah. care. You're in the playoffs, they're not. You don't have to be the bigger man because guess what? We have more to lose in the next three tracks. You don't have to apologize, you, but you, we're not going to let this say yeah. unsaid. We're going to have a conversation about it. It's too late with Austin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because he kind of doubled down. He kind of doubled down this weekend, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, so, yeah, those are lessons that, uh, unfortunately, are generally learned the hard way. And and you hope it doesn't come back again. Yeah. Well, Alex Bowman did move forward, but it was a tough day for Ryan Newman, who was unable to advance to the next round. We're going to take a look at his very eventful day when we return. Last year, we, we came out on the good side, leaving the Roval, and went on to uh, have a great rest of the playoffs and finish fifth in the points. Um, I'm still really proud of this race team. Uh, we've, you know, we've, we've achieved a lot. Uh, certainly not the way we wanted to go out of the playoffs, but it's part of it sometimes. We fought hard today, didn't implode. Might have made a couple guys upset, but it don't much matter to me. We'll just keep digging. Um, proud of everybody at Roush Fenway. And uh, you know, not the way we wanted to finish our day, but um, it is part of it. And uh, 
we knew coming in we were at a big deficit and just didn't have the race car and the race car driver today that we needed. I'm going to start with that one, Ryan Newman. Eric Amola, Ryan Newman both missed the second round of the playoffs. I was very critical on Newman throughout the year. I just hadn't seen the improvement out of Rash Fenway perhaps I had hoped to see. And I think that maybe they just didn't show it because they're where they were running, trying to build their stuff up, get their inventory right. Because when the playoffs came, this six team was a new team. Um, decent at Las Vegas in practice, not as good in the race outstanding at Richmond. I didn't give them a chance to run as well as they did. And at times on Sunday, I was pretty confident Ryan Newman was going to make me eat my words and he was going to move through. Uh, he ended up making that mistake. We saw it in there of missing the chicane. But I think that was just the, the final touch of what he said. I just don't think they had the car. He blames himself, I think, a little bit of overdriving because yeah. he's trying, right? He's trying to put this team on his shoulder and take them into the second round. I don't ever blame the guy for that. No, I mean, my gosh. I, I've said it a number of times that I, if you had to vote right now that Martin Truex Jr. would be the driver of the year and Ryan Newman would finish a close second in my book, in my voting, the way that I would do it. But taking a team that really has little business being inside the top 20 the way that they started this season and what we've seen uh, the last couple of years, and for what Ryan Newman was able to do, it was just phenomenal. But it's another example that when you get put in a situation and have to overdrive your race car, then things are going to happen because you're trying to charge every corner. And then when something happens in front of you, you can see that car was just beat up, especially the front end of it. And uh, it, But you can't blame the guy for trying. You know, he was doing what he had to do at that point in time. It's been a tremendous year. Huge strides, big gains with what we've seen recently for that race team. So that means good things for a really talented driver. Yeah, listen, that that spot that he gave up quite possibly was the reason. I mean, it's it's if it all would have worked out, had he finished there, he moves on. But Amarola's behind him on new tires, his car's all torn up, and they, they don't stop as well as, <laughs> as yeah. you want them to when they're torn <laughs> up like that. And I'll say something else. So if you're Roush Fenway and you're trying to dig out of the hole that they're in, how much effort can you really put into a road course program? Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. True. Right, so you go to Charlotte on the Rollville, you're disadvantaged because everybody you're racing with, they're able to they're able to put more effort into more places. If you're spending a lot of money on your road course program when you've been off like you're all a mile and a half in the short tracks, like that's that's not smart. Right. And so, you know, they go there have, have with some momentum building better cars, but probably not the road course program because yeah. it's just not something they could put emphasis on. Yeah, and I think Eric Almirola and their team, they 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 kind of got themselves behind there. They, they pitted a little too late there late in the race with one of those. They were a caution or two back that if they would have made that decision early, I know they had a strategy, read what the crew chief said, that they had a strategy and they were going to stick with that. Well, I think circumstances sometimes have to change your mind. You're a crew chief, not me. Well, I think you have to understand who you're racing. And I think this point in time when they stay on the racetrack, they're focusing on the 14 who also stays in the racetrack and it kind of works. The difference is two spots on the restart, you see what happened. The 14 yeah. goes forward, the 10 goes backward. Three corners, Jeff, and now he is the guy on old tires with new guys on his heels. I didn't like staying out. I loved coming the second time. It's always easy on Monday to say when you should have yeah, pitted. That's right. That's um, right. I think that the moment, the final stage, it just got away from him. Just like you said, they had a plan. That ended up not being the right plan. Um, sometimes, you know, the guy that's in, in the biggest trouble has the most to lose. He takes the biggest gamble and it pays off. And that's kind of what happened with the cars he was going against. And Eric Almero, in the end, just didn't have the type of round. Forget day. He just yeah, didn't have yeah. the type of round. That, you know, he missed it by five points. 
That's five positions in any stage, in every race. I mean, Las Vegas, yeah. Richmond, it all didn't happen just at the Roval. Yeah. All, those races paid the same amount of points as this race yes, did. That's right. But let's go back and let's look at the cars that he was with when, when he pitted. So if you look, there's Eric Almirola. Look right in front of him. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's Clint Boyer. Mm-hmm. You said it. So that's the car he's racing. So I didn't think this was a bad call to stay out because mm. he was in good position. Boyer stayed out. Amarola didn't. But Amarola, on his own admission, did not get a good restart. And when he didn't get a good restart, he got put, he now is in this. And all of those people have tires. So, so and, he's and racing that, the 14 until then. That's correct. That yeah. The launch, the restart that he was not able to execute for whatever reason, and Clint Boyer was, that was the difference. Because yeah. had you had he not gotten in the middle of two wide, three wide, with momentum coming from behind with older tire, with newer tires, he may have been okay. And that shows you how every single thing matters. Yeah. Right? Clint Boyer on the same tires was able to make it happen, and Eric wasn't. Now I'm not saying it was all his fault. You know, oh, you get in yeah. the, you get in the wrong line and you just can't go. But that's how that's the, those little small things, man. And one guy's going on, and the next guy's not. But I think the best way to get better moving forward is understand how it didn't work for others in the past. Mm-hmm. And my point is, that moment for Eric Amarola went awry. We're heading to Dover this week. Sharpen your pencils and pay attention because we could have a cycle of cautions. You could be on the wrong cycle of cautions. Five positions, five points. I don't know what the average number is, but how cutoff races, <laughs> it's got to be single digits, yeah, right? We eliminate sure. more drivers with single digits than we ever do with a blowout and you, it's just hard to understand where all those points slipped away. And uh, I felt bad for, for the crew chief of the 10 because I heard it on the radio. He knew. As soon as that restart came back around, he said, took a deep breath. He said, all right, we're going to come this time. And he tried to pep him up, but he knew that he was just on the wrong side yep. of the cycle. Yep. It happens. Yep. Well, guys, we're coming up. We're going to look at the turning point of Sunday's race, which was won by a masterful drive by Chase Elliott. Holy moly. <laughs> Did y'all like that? <laughs> oh my gosh. What a uh, what a mistake. Holy moly, you talk about messing something up right here. Don't do that. Uh, what a day. Um, such a fast Napa Camaro Z01. And, and honestly, that was the only reason we were able to, to get back in it. I, I pretty well blew it and uh, got the cautions at the right time and, and brought it home. Thank you, guys. Y'all made a hell of a lot of noise right there. Well, normally on this show, we talk about the turning point in the race and how it affected the race winner. We've kind of documented Chase Elliott's day, other than the big mistake that he referenced. Uh, He had the best car, and he proved it with the best drive. But guys, the battle for the points into this bubble line. I really think that was the turning point of the day. And stage one, pretty straightforward. Stage two, kind of straightforward. A couple guys score points, a couple guys don't. But then we head into the final stage and look at this. William Byron's feeling pretty good. Blaney feeling pretty good. Almirola, Boyer, Alex Bowman has work to make up, but instantly it goes away for the driver of the 12, Ryan Blaney. He was fortunate enough to move through, but Jeff, that final stage was anything but straightforward. Yeah, right here. Had a problem, mechanical problem, a rear brace that, that braces the rear trainer arm and the rear end housing hooks them together, so to speak. It broke off. And the problem with that is 
what's going to happen next? Yeah. What's the next thing he's going to break? So they did a nice job giving up some track position, but then they caught caution, right? Uh, but they got in here and got that fixed. And then, DJ, I love this call. Not only do the mechanics fix it, yeah. Jeremy Bullens keep everybody calm, but then he looks at what's in front of him and he says, this isn't going to work. We're not going to pass these guys. You, The only way I know how to make up time, gas only at lap 78. Big gamble putting it back in the driver's hands. Well, as a driver, I like the idea you're going to put it in my hands. Would I have loved four tires? Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to make my job a lot easier. But put me in the position where I have to do it. And this was the most difficult circumstances. I'll go back and say that watching Ryan Blaney throughout the day, I wasn't shocked that something broke on that car because he was using up those curves. And that car looked like the right side of it was in the air more than it was on the ground at times. But they fixed it. They did a masterful job with that. And then he showed what he's made of, too. I talked about Alex Bowman showing me something. Ryan Blaney showed me something, too, because that's a difficult situation. If it wouldn't have been any cautions to have restart after restart with those tires, then that was another thing, you know, where you're kind of spread out. But you're in with people that have fresher tires, and you have to get the job done. Great drive by Ryan Blaney. Well, that great drive was a segment ago. We talked about the 10 and who he was racing. This is what made it so difficult, because he had the 12 eliminated, and here comes the 12 back yeah. up into the mix. And I think that changed it a little bit. Another driver who I thought, we don't have a lot of highlights, which is a great thing, is the driver <laughs> of the 24, William Byron. The pole sitter was the highlight. He started up front, led the field to green, relatively dominated the first stage. He did get beat on that late restart yeah. by Kyle Larson, but scored a, a good amount of points right there. William Byron, I, I don't really think, made a misstep all day long, did he? I mean, it was as straightforward as it could be for the young 21-year-old. Had the drive he needed. That's yeah. the key, right? What's the goal? What do we need to make happen? And then go make it happen. Yeah. And I, I, you know, a win's not always in victory lane. Yeah. And, you know, that was that's what Sunday was about for this team. Yeah, this is a, a young man. Chad Knauss is doing an excellent job with him. You know, you can say a lot of things. Uh, about Chad and the way he goes about things, but he has taken this year and this driver, and he's given him good race cars, and he's called really, really good races uh, for him to put him to keep him out of certain situations and put him in good situations to make the driver feel good. To know when you've got a fast car, I'm going to let you go out there and lead laps on these difficult places, and he's proven to be up to the task. And before these playoffs started we discussed what was important for each driver. And, and I don't have William Byron as a championship contender. That's not a knock on him. I just don't think he can keep up. Now, he might could prove us all wrong. But the most important thing is, while he's not a rookie in the series, he is a rookie in the playoffs. And we talked about how important it is to get experience. Well, now he's bought a whole nother round. Now he's bought a cut race that he advanced. So now he gets yeah. the pressure of Dover, the pressure of Talladega, the pressure of Kansas, the pressure of racing against the best. I mean, look who he's going to line up with. The four we eliminated, all very good race teams, but I don't think we had a shocker in those four. When you look at the top of the playoff leaderboard, those are still the ones he's going to have to race for a championship, if not this year, at some point in his career. So I think that move by the 24 of advancing is going to be very valuable as his career moves on. A guy whose career has moved on, and he's looking for that championship, the 14 of Clint Boyer. I won't lie, he's a good road course racer. I was worried about Clint Boyer. I just didn't know if, if the moment, if the emotion, if him and his crew chief could agree. I had all these concerns. They proved me wrong. Yeah, Solid Clint, day. Clint Boyer had a clean day. Clint Boyer had the kind of day that I, you're more accustomed to seeing Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer is, in my eyes, he is the guy that's going to finish fifth, fourth, third, sixth, seventh. He's not a guy that's going to win 60 races in his career. He's going to consistent you to death yep. and he hasn't been that guy lately he just hasn't and he's made some mistakes 
Uh, that team hadn't been at their best. But over the last two weeks, not just yesterday, but over the last two weeks, they got it together. They got consistency back. They took mistakes away. And I think that goes a long way for what this team needs to do. That's their strength, right? If they try to get out of that, it's not going to work for them. Now, the question is, moving forward, because they are so far behind in points, yeah. can consistency do it to get them to the next round? I think it can because we have Talladega coming up. Yeah. If you can leave this round with consistency, I think you can move forward. Yeah. Here is what I believe has become the most important day for Clint Boyer, and especially Clint Boyer, is when they can unload with a good race car. So that first day, that first time on the track, they've had speed the last few weeks. That puts Clint Boyer in a whole different mindset as a driver, trying to go from the point of not having something so good and trying to adjust that and make their car better is where they seem to really struggle. And when they don't have that speed, then they really get themselves in a lot of trouble. And I, and I think, too, I, I, we've yet to hear what his plans are for next year. Yeah. And the, the, making these playoffs mattered. Advancing to the next round matters. Now, if he could advance to the next round again, that would be huge because, I mean, you can, you can do it everything you want as a car owner. You own it. But how do you take a driver that's made the playoffs, went through the first round, went through the second round, how do you make a change there? I yeah. think that would be very, very difficult to do. Yeah. You said a mindset. I talked with Clint Boyer past, after Las Vegas. He was not in the, the right mindset for all, good reasons. Didn't run well. Every question, every interview I heard leading into the Roval, when it was easy to say what was wrong, when it was easy to say how bad the Roval was going to be, it was not. He was couldn't wait to get there, fired up, proud of his team. He kind of became the leader of the team leading into the Roval, and then him and his crew chief put it together in the race. So, uh, like you said, they're at a deficit, but I don't know if I'd gamble against I mean, you could Talladega. Craziness of Talladega, craziness of Clint Boyer, that goes hand-in-hand, hand, doesn't what, it? That's what made yesterday even more pressure-packed and so important in getting to the next round because every one of these 12 drivers knows that next week at Talladega, you know, get, get what you can at Dover, but every one of them know they can win at Talladega, and that gets you to the next round. And I, when I think of Dover, I think Clint being really good at Dover. Yeah. I think he's yeah. a guy that's very good at Dover. He's going to get on that yellow line and eat that thing up. You know what I mean? He's just going to wrap the bottom, and I think I think you'll see that 14 run well. Yeah. well. Good. Now I don't know who the heck I'm eliminating in this round. Y'all are not <laughs> making this easy. But coming up will be our grassroots tour of 50 states, and it heads to a place that the man sitting next to me, Dale Jarrett, knows oh so much about. We're going to head to Hickory Motor Speedway when we come back. Well, guys, about an hour northwest of here is Hickory Motor Speedway. They're representing North Carolina on our 50 states in 50 days tour. One of stock car racing's most storied venues, Hickory, has been the home of short track racing since 1951. It's known as the birthplace of the NASCAR stars. Some of the sport's most influential figures have been track champions here. Few tracks can match its history, with Hall of Famers like Junior Johnson, Richard Petty, and DJ all leaving their mark, as did the late Bobby Isaac. His legacy is honored each year at Hickory with the Bobby Isaac Memorial Race. I think that was just last month. I mean, we're blessed with great short track racing kind of up and down the East Coast, but I love every chance to go to Hickory. DJ, yeah. 
I mean, the history, it's not just you as a driver, your dad, yeah. a lot of history with Hickory. Yeah, I, I actually know the blades of grass better than I actually know the asphalt there because I had to <laughs> cut it so much growing up as a kid. But just a great play. I learned so much. You know, my dad was uh, part owner and, and manager and promoter at the track for so many years, so I got to see all of that. I mean, I sold popcorn, Coca-Colas, did it all, handed out programs, sold tickets. You know, it was a family uh, organization and, and run operation that we had there. And uh, it's just been a great place through the years. I've watched so many great drivers uh, come through there and have tremendous races. And then to get the race there myself, just amazing. My brother Glenn won his uh, first race there too. And, and of course my dad, that's where he got his start. You ever have any incidences there? Oh, there was a few along a the few way. Run-ins along there, the way. A few run-ins along the way. I yeah. remember one in particular. Do you? Yeah, we might have. Oh, yeah. We might have it. Huh. This is Jimmy Spencer in the thirty-two in the, in the thirty. That's you in the thirty-two. Yeah. And Spencer in the thirty-four. Me in the twelve. Oh, look Spencer at Spencer turn you around. Roll me around, and then. Yeah, I should have turned him the first. Checkered flag. Mm. Jimmy Spencer uh, taking out the hometown hero. Oh, not happy. No. Not so, happy. So the thing I remember about this night is that. Um, I thought Jimmy Spencer would not leave there alive because the <laughs> crowd, the fans went absolutely nuts. And I'm telling you, there were beer bottles being thrown. There was can't. I mean, it was crazy. Mayhem broke out. I was not. I was not happy about that. You know, when especially when it's your own car at your home track. I had not won uh, a Bush uh, Nation or uh, Xfinity race there uh, at the time, and so you know this was my chance. I felt like I had the best car. Uh, I should have turned Spencer when he was right before he turned you there. Are you, know, you going for the little, like a little Powerade in the face? Is that where you were going? <laughs> oh for no, no. He was <laughs> he was completely healthy. I promise you. No. Okay. I, I was going to throw something, but it was <laughs> on the end of my arm is what I had in mind throwing. But anything you knew that he wasn't just going to fight Jimmy Spencer. It was a oh, whole, yeah, the whole clan thing. of the Spencers. Yeah. So. But but that's oh yes oh yeah. <laughs> but that, hey, but that's what's cool about short track racing, right? So. Yeah. There's that you were their hometown hero. I mean, he was the guy, yeah. right? And somebody rolled him around, and it was going to be hell to pay for it. And that's what that's what's so cool about hometown racing, that short track racing that is yeah. the heartbeat of our sport. Yeah, that's what this grassroots racing is all about. Is yeah. you see that? Yeah, you know, I don't know that you see that every week. Probably do. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, there's a hometown a hero at every local track. Love the short tracks. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to have more driver reaction from Charlotte, including Kyle Busch whose day ended before the checker flag waved. Ford drivers are driven to perform. In this NASCAR playoffs, they're racing for your chance to win. Enter for your shot at a brand new Ford Mustang GT plus high performance prizes unlocked every race day. Head to nascar.com slash Ford Playoffs promo right now. Huge disappointment for Eric Jones having to go to the garage. We just had three really bad weeks, and uh, some of our own doing today, not really of our own doing, but um, you know, it's, it's racing. It's just the nature of the playoffs. Uh, our whole playoff was a nightmare. All three races, uh, we just got behind and then never had speed, and I overdrove, and then you find trouble. The day for Denny Hamlin, ultimately you came home 19th. How would you describe the day? Blah. Uh, what was the difference there on those those final restarts? Too many of them. I just didn't need all those cautions, but uh, that's the way it goes. And today, and just you know, the line nine it was just super fast and just beat us. Team effort. You know, all four of our cars were good. Kevin was was a bit better than me. We were our strongest car and probably need to free up like he did. But you're flirting a disaster. Just like when I was in the lead, I almost threw it away right there. That was about as close as it gets. The 42 
is going to have a little bit of trouble. We're hearing they have a penalty. It sucked that I didn't leave on the, on call there and drug our picker member out and had to you know lose a lap. I felt like that really affected our race and I had to fight really hard. Good day salvage by this 12 group. Really proud of their effort after I tried to really mess it up a couple times, but um, happy to be moving on. I couldn't get to stop sliding before I hit the wall, and that pretty much ruined our day from there. We got a soft strategy and. You know, we were a good car if we were in the front. Frustrated myself a little bit on that one. We knew it would be tough, but we were able to get up there and be in position to try to win it, and uh, just didn't have the car, you know? It was a little bit conservative trying to keep keep our points position, so just got to make that next step, and I think going into this round, we've got to be aggressive. I like days that you, know, you ain't got to worry about points. You just, you know, you're kind of, you're locked in pretty much before the day starts, and uh, you just kind of do the best you can. Stick to these ovals here for the rest of the playoffs. Made it in the next round, uh, which is the first time in my playoff history I've had no drama in the first round, so that was good. Under the red flag, the 18 of Kyle Busch, he decided that he wasn't going to sit there on the track anymore. A great regular season, first 26 weeks, building some cushion obviously helped us get through uh, this first round, and um, now we can focus on Dover, just not worry about this circus show. So I'm going to defend Kyle Busch, flat tire, drug a sway bar arm off, and I actually mentioned a couple cautions before that, that I would have probably just parked my car as well with nothing to go for. Uh, he was on his own lap, three laps down, so he pulled off uh, basically because his race was over. So I don't blame him sitting in the car. It's, you know, listen, it's, it's, one, it's, it's different, <laughs> right? I was raised where you run every lap no matter what, but you're right. He had nothing, yeah. he had nothing to gain and, and maybe something to lose. So... Uh, probably, although not popular, probably in the big scheme of things, probably the right thing to do. I don't know. It's probably okay for his sponsor because he wasn't going to get shown again, but he got a lot of coverage right here taking that thing to the garage. So, you know, Jerry Eminem's is all right. But hey, you know, we got a little bit more exposure there for something that was a bad day. But I think this shows that I, I like the idea of what this shows for a couple of these drivers that the regular season matters and getting that and building up those points. Uh, so when you have bad days in these playoffs, it's not as stressful that, that something has been gained from that. And self-aware. I thought the drivers did a nice job of kind of breaking down their day. Danny yeah. Hamlin, blah, Kyle Larson <laughs> said, I finally had no issues in the first round. I agree with that. And then Kurt Busch, I think he said it the best. Um, you know, it's a good year at Chip Ganassi Racing. He went back to victory lane. He improved their equipment, needed something, I won't say special, but over the top happened in that first round. It didn't. He said the best, right? They had a little trouble, got behind, didn't have the speed. He didn't give his best. He overdrove. Um, pretty self-aware of what had happened to the one car. Yeah, they, I expected more from them uh, because I thought that I was seeing a lot of good things throughout uh, the regular season from him. Uh, but Eric Jones is the one that I really thought. I mean, I thought he had a chance the way that oh. he had started performing and winning the Southern 500. I said, man, he he's a driver that can jump in there and, and really make a difference. And, uh, my gosh, couldn't have been three worse outcomes uh, if you were really trying. Listen, Eric Jones's luck is so bad. When we landed Dover at the airport, if he offers me a ride at the racetrack, I'm not riding with him because <laughs> I'm either going to be in a wreck or be changing a flat tire on his rental car. Um, Las Vegas, he had not, it was a mechanical issue. Nothing yeah. he could do. I mean, and that really kind of set the tone. Um, finished last at Richmond and the Roval. And, and, and like he said, I mean, I know he got an accident, but none of his doing. They all stacked up on the restart. Yeah, and I think the worst thing about it is just the lack of, you know, the not having that opportunity to feel what the grind of the playoffs feel like, yeah. right? And and really none of it his doing. And that is that is disappointing. I, I didn't have them as a team that I thought could win the championship. But moving forward, I think he is a driver, and he drives for a team that can certainly win a championship. Mm -hmm. But not having that opportunity to learn what it feels like to get through each round 
that's that's a loss of opportunity. It's the same thing we talk about William Byron, right? There's a, there's a few yeah. different groups. Some yeah. are focused on championship. They all hope to be focused on a championship. But if not, you try to learn as much as you can for this situation because a year from now, it'll be the same pressure with the same playoffs, with the same kind of elimination format. So you got to learn all you can. But coming up, we're going to look ahead to the next round. Starts this weekend, and guess what? The monster is waiting. TJ Simpke, Jackman, number nine Chevrolet. Oh, Spoke no, of the tires, the nine's gonna miss it. He gets oh. into the wall. We're lying if we said, you know, when he chased one into that wall, you know, that we didn't drop our heads a little bit, but everyone kind of quickly, let's go, there's still plenty of time. Chase Elliott, he'll win at the Charlotte Roval. We executed on pit road and did our job, but I mean, the way he drove today was unbelievable. He had a fire in him that I've never seen. But, you know, I was a little parched today, so to get that champagne on my lips feels pretty good today. Who doesn't like to be in victory lane? Well, TJ actually played college football at Kansas. Kansas, one of the tracks in this next round. Here's the playoff leaderboard. Uh, you see they're stacked up with those playoff points. Kyle Busch and Truex, after those couple wins in the first round, filled his bucket up a little bit. Hamlin, Logano, Harvick. All right, guys, Dover, Talladega, Kansas. Handicap it for me. Who has to go to Dover and have a big weekend? I'm going to say Ryan Blaney. And the reason why is I, I'm afraid that their speed hasn't been great, right? And I think that where they are in points, they're going to need great. Like good, good's not going to be good enough. I think that that goes for many players, many drivers and teams. But I just think they need to go there and have speed and get get a lot of points in the in the stages and have a really good finish. I'm gonna go Ryan Blaney. Chase Elliott has run well. We talked about Alex Bowman second in all three tracks who do you have circled really watching at Dover? Well I think and people that I'm thinking about that have a chance a legitimate chance I believe in my mind to win a championship or to challenge at Homestead I, I'm gonna go with the man that just won yesterday Chase Elliott I think even though he's got those 19 points there that he's ahead you don't want to go to Talladega after not performing well either staying right there or because yeah. you can lose everything you've built up at Talladega and then that puts a lot on Kansas. He performs well at Dover. I think that he can go and get the job done there and uh, then that can kind of save himself. He's got the momentum right now. Let's take advantage of it. You said momentum. Guys, imagine this. Kyle Larson, he's shown a new leaf, not making mistakes, finishing where the cars will run on a long, long winless streak in his career, goes to Dover and wins and mm. advances into the round eight. You could take a guy that I didn't have circled for Miami and instantly take him as maybe a favorite to Miami. I think Kyle Larson, this is the big weekend for him. I don't think about him as a restricted plate driver. I think he needs to strike at Dover and start scoring some points. But you do think of him of a great driver at, at Miami. Oh, I hate to beat him in Miami. <laughs> sure. All right, guys. Well, the Rover was fun, but it's in the books. Coming up, Dover next weekend. First race of the second round. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.